Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I'm Julie Crawl, and each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Have you ever wondered about your connection with wisdom, information, and knowledge? Some call it the Akash, others call it the unified field. Have you ever known something, but you don't know how you knew it? Intuition is a universal, innate ability. Our guest today says we all have it. Many wonder if they're tapping into a deep-seated intelligence within their subconscious mind, or if they're accessing divine guidance from an outside source. Is there a difference? Understanding intuition is the first step in developing. Our guest today says you can turn it on and tune in on demand in five simple steps. Are you ready to strengthen your inner guidance and intuitive powers? I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Lisa Kay is a teacher, author, and speaker specializing in intuition. She's the creator of Developing Your Intuition, where she teaches others how to control their intuition so they can use it when they want it. She's an intuition expert and author of the book, Intuition On Demand, a step-by-step guide the powerful intuition you can trust. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Oh, thanks for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you here. Just to have this conversation, it's a, it's a fun topic. And um, I know that, that we're going to have the opportunity to just continue to expand into it. So I'm really happy to have you here, Lisa. And I have a traditional first question here on the show. I always like to ask to kind of set our conversation into the a bigger perspective. So can you start off by sharing with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Oh, I love that. I love that question. All things connected. Um, I, well, I believe that we're all connected, excuse me. And that, and that's kind of based in my belief, um, or actually my studies in science. And, you know, I was always, we always hear about how everything is connected through energy and that the classic equals MC squared. And what does that all mean? Um, but in studying science and physics, um, that means that uh, everything is made of energy. It's just, um, and as I was taught, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. So what does that mean? If everything is made out of the same substance and it is just a transformation of energy, that we're all energy, um, then in that case, we're all connected. We're all part of the same stuff. The same stuff. I love that and and mm-hmm. how energy can be transformed. Lisa, you talked about your studies in science and, and mentioned physics. You have a unique background, I think. So I would love to hear if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your story. Like, tell us about your journey into intuition and how you got here. Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, 
I am a, a scientist and an engineer. Uh, and the reason why is because I'm infinitely curious. I just love to learn. I want to know how the world works. I want to know why things happen. I want to know why people do what they do. I want to know how you can make things happen. Um, and so I started out studying uh, basically psychobiology. I was interested, I have a degree in psychobiology and, and along with those studies, I studied every science out there. Um, I studied chemistry and physics and math, environmental science, biology, you name it. Um, and it was great. And then after that, um, I was continued to be sort of more curious. I, uh, was interested in, not just engineering, but uh, technology, which I absolutely love. And so I went on and got a, got a degree in electrical engineering uh, from Columbia University, uh, which was really cool and, um, you know, and continued to just kind of expand my knowledge. So that, that was kind of the start of my, my journey in terms of learning. And, but, you know, one of the things that science doesn't teach you is it doesn't teach you about things that are transcendental, things that are, um, it doesn't explain the mystical things that happen in the world. It doesn't explain intuition. It doesn't tell you, well, how is it that people know not to get on that plane and the plane crashes? Or how do they know that their loved one's in trouble and they go seek them out and, and sure enough, they were in trouble and they saved them in the nick of time? How does that happen? So being, again, infinitely curious, I went and I, I started to uh, study metaphysical sciences and um, even the science of int intuition and started and I, I decided, you know, I want to be intuitive, uh, which I didn't start out being intuitive at all. And I figured, well, you know, if I if um, people say you can develop it, I'm going to go and do it. And so I did that. I went and went through lots of studies, putting the science together with the metaphysics, with all the disciplines and studying several with several Oh, teachers um, on intuition development. I was able to develop my intuition uh, uh, to a very high degree, which um, which is really kind of cool. I was uh, I would go out and do part of my work as studying as an intuitive. Um, to be intuitive was I had to practice and do intuitive readings for other people. And I became a sold out intuitive reader. So people loved my readings and they couldn't get a reading with me because I would always have sold out slots. Um, so that kind of surprised me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that, and, uh, one day my intuition saved my life. And after that, I realized, you know, this is, if I learned how to do this and I could do it from scratch, um, I should, I want to help other people learn how to do this too. I'd rather wow. do that. How did it save your life? Well, what happened was, um, it was, oh gosh, it's almost been 10 years now. Uh, I, I had gotten what I thought was the flu and it was during the summer, except along with my flu symptoms, I had like this low grade fever and, you know, and I would take some more training would go away. But along with that, with the aches was I got, um, I, my heart would race and I'd be short of breath. And I thought, well, that's weird. Um, but it would come and go. And I didn't think anything of it. And then one night, I woke up, and my heart was racing, and I was short of breath, and I was shaking from head to toe. And I never, that never happens to me. So I called 911, went to the hospital, 
And they found out I had bacteria in my blood, but I wasn't shaking anymore. So they sent me home and they said, go see your doctor in the morning and he'll, you know, he'll do his thing. So I went to the doctor the next day and he did what most doctors do. He gave me antibiotics and which were pills. And so I took those. And over the next course of the next couple of days, um, and it didn't do much. I continued to get these bouts of my heart racing and I was short of breath and I couldn't breathe and it would go away. And then it happened again. And this time it was, I was lying down and it happened, um, so severely that I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to die really. And my, I, I couldn't breathe. My hands were, sh- were shaking and they turned white actually. And so that made me um, call 911 again and I went back to the hospital and I'd stopped shaking. Uh, they said, you still have bacteria in your blood, um, but you're okay now. You're not shaking. Go home. And I said, well, wait a minute. What, what about this, the, you know, the heart racing thing? And I was short of, and I couldn't breathe and I was short of breath. And the doctor says to me, oh, that you're hyperventilating. That was fear. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think that that's not, no, I don't think that's, that's what was going on. And he said, no, 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 just keep taking your medicine, go home. You're going to be okay. So now it's Friday afternoon. I went home and it was four o'clock in the afternoon and I turned to my intuition. uh, And what I received was this was very serious, but I would be okay if I found a specialist, a, a, a doctor, another doctor, not the old one. And, um, so I started calling around and at four, four o'clock on Friday, what do you think happens at four o'clock on Friday when you're trying to find a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> so nobody's responding, you know? Um, I even tried the next day, Saturday, nothing. And so I turned to my intuition again. Um, and this time I got, uh, I was guided to, grabbed this book off my shelf, which I had for years. And it was how to find the best pediatrician. Well, I didn't know. I thought that was a little odd. But you know, when you get an intuitive message, you follow it. So I I started reading the book and the word pediatrician kept coming up over and over and over again. And then it dawned on me, you know, my pediatrician, he's a friend of mine who lives down the street. Maybe he knows. So um, I I picked up the phone and I called him. And he says to me, um, I know what you need to do. You need to see an infectious disease specialist. I know someone and he'll see you tomorrow, but I highly suggest you go right away. Um, you know, don't wait. And I got to see that doctor and he took blood, said, you still have bacteria in your blood, but we have more information. You have a heart infection. And he put me in the hospital and he gave me intravenous antibiotics instead. So that save my life. Uh, because what was happening, I was, it was getting worse and worse. I got to the point where I, um, before I saw him that I could, couldn't stand up for longer than two minutes without feeling like I was going to pass out from, and my heart was racing. Um, and so he said I was going into sepsis and, and it's, that's a very bad thing. (laughs) So had I not gone to see the doctor and just followed, you know, the ER doctor's advice, I I don't know if I'd be here today. Hmm. Wow, that's a powerful story, and I love how 
your intuition did kick in. And those were some good examples. Um, you share a lot of those kinds of stories in the book too, which really helps us look at even how to use it in the simplest ways. And here you were in a life-threatening way. So um, thanks for sharing that. I also just want to presence um, your brilliance. I, I can't imagine studying psychobiology and then studying electro electrical engineering and and then saying wait a minute i still am curious about the world and 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 then jumping into metaphysical and intuition studies too so obviously you developed a protocol of how to develop your own intuition and you mastered it so now it's like i got to share this with others so let's start with first what is intuition um you know in the intro I talked about it you know is it this thing that's deep within us is it this thing that's somewhere out there and um, you and I might both say it's the same thing but the way you explain it and and talk to people I think is is really easy and clear for them to comprehend so tell us what is intuition Lisa well, the official definition of intuition is knowing without knowing how you know it and so that that's kind of the simple, you know, in a nutshell. But if you really want to think about, you know, and I was curious myself, well, what is this? Is this like a magic thing? Is this sort of, uh, you know, something that's intangible, you know, and is it real? And what I realized in all, putting all these pieces together, and which, which I did, because nobody seems to explain it, you know, in a very concrete way, um, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is that you only use 10% of your brain. And so what does that mean? What's going on in the other 90%? It doesn't mean that the rest of your brain is asleep. It just means that it's doing other things and that we consciously can only attend to uh, a small amount of information. Otherwise, we'd be overwhelmed. Uh, you know, And so our brains are doing things like digesting our food, regulating our temperature, and gathering information and being aware of other things that's going on and it's filtering it out and, and making us consciously aware of things that we need to be aware of. Um, and, or it's, you know, our, the mind that we are using on a uh, conscious basis is the part that's planning, that's thinking about the future, that's deciding is this right or wrong. And, um, the other part of us, uh, the other parts of our brain actually process information in different ways. And I realized that this other part of our brain is the characteristics of the way it processes information is exactly the way intuition works. And I realized, wow, so it is there. There is psychobiology. There is some concrete thing that's going on in our brains that we scientifically can um, measure and that seems to be what intuition is. And so the way it works in our brains is that the left side of our brain is the side that is the thinking, judging, um, planning side. And the right side of our brain is the side that has all the characteristics of intuition. It thinks in um, big picture, in abstraction. It thinks in symbols. It thinks in images. It thinks in uh, it's more connected to our feelings in our body, in our in our physical feelings, uh, and and our emotional feelings, and that's where we're processing that, and um, and in some 
Uh, and actually, uh, a scientist, Jill Bolte-Taylor, discovered that the right side of the brain is also the one that that is aware of our connection to divinity. So I, this was like fascinating to me. It was like, wow. So there is a place in our brains that is intuitive. And then the question is, how do you access that information? And so through all the stuff I put together uh, in all my studies, I came up with a technique that allows you to access that information. Mm. I love how you're, you're talking about the brain and that that information is there. So um, can you just speak a little bit more about this this information is within, it's the bright, right brain is speaking in intuitive language, the symbols, the, the words, mm-hmm. the, the artistic creative side of us is, is able to gather that. So are we talking that intuition is the right brain accessing this universal intelligence that's somewhere? You also mentioned it's the the hemisphere that's that's really connected with the divine or or mm-hmm. experiencing the divine. So how would you say that? Is this is this a universal intelligence we're all tapping into that's within, without, or is it all of the above? Yeah. Is it the same thing? Oh sure. And I, you know, this is where the metaphysics comes in or the, you know, I guess the mystical studies, which which is that and again that everything's connected through energy because we're all energy everything's energy and we have an awareness of that we have an awareness of what's outside of us and you know certainly uh we feel that um other creatures you know seem to have instinct they seem to know things how do we don't know how they know it and there and also um again you know the mystics and and even i guess uh some spiritual aspect of it, there is that common theme of, you know, we have the ability to connect to that divine guidance, to that information. That sort of explains, well, how do people know that they need to go and save their loved one? How do they know that they should go left instead of right? And then they save their lives. Um, That's how they know. This is how they know. And, And metaphysics explains a lot of this, that, you know, we're connected to this metaphysical energy and it comes into our bodies and um, and it holds information and that we are actually able to sense that information, process it and get an understanding of what it means. And that's what intuition is. Um, so yes, I believe that's how we connect to the Akashic records. That's how we know what other people are thinking and feeling and experiencing um, and, you know, and how we connect to all that is. Nice. Thank you for that. You know, I, I love this whole topic and um, you're, mm-hmm. you have this five simple steps. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but um, you also say everyone has intuition and, and some people are skeptic. You know, my husband would be like, yeah, right. I don't have intuition. And yet mm-hmm. some people like you develop it and learn the skills and practice, practice, practice. And others are just born more intuitive um, creative people think creatively. Um, maybe you've had a mystical experience. I've had a near-death experience and was intuitive from as young as I can remember. Having a similar situation of your illness too, which is really interesting. However, what what would you say to those out there that might be skeptics and say not everyone can be intuitive and, and I sure as heck can't? 
That's what I used to think. <laughs> I used to think, <laughs> I used to think, oh, this. Well, but I, I wasn't. Uh, I was, I was. Uh, um, I, you know, I wanted to be intuitive. I wanted to be psychic. I thought it was the coolest thing on earth. And uh, so I would, you know, play around with the ESP Zener cards and um, try to predict, you know, what card was going to, you know, you shuffle the deck and they're, they've got different shapes on each card and you're supposed to predict which shape comes up. And I got them all wrong. So at that point, I, <laughs> I really knew I wasn't psychic. But, um, but you know, I wasn't, I was open-minded and I thought, you know, and that's what I was, that's actually what my father taught me was to be very open and because you don't know and we don't know everything. And even, you know, our small little minds, our small little brains, you know, there's only so much we do know. And the only thing we do know as an individual, is what our five senses tell us, right? Um, and so you have to create a a um, an understanding of the world that that suits you to explain things that you're experiencing. And so, but that's why we study. That's why we go to school, and that's why we, um, you know. And then as we we learn something in theory, and then we experience it, then we go, oh wow, okay, so it that makes sense, you know it. It's real to us. And and I think people who are skeptical or, or uh, don't believe is because they haven't experienced and they haven't um, and, and it doesn't match their construct of the way they see the world. And for some people, it's scary for them to think, oh, that can happen. And they, they don't want to think that way. And other people, it's just, well, you know, it hasn't been shown to them. And the problem with intuition is it's very intangible and it's not always, you know, uh, very clear cut. And the, the information we get isn't clear. It's not the way we, we consciously think. And we consciously think in steps uh, linearly um, and logic, you know, you know, A plus B equals C, one plus one equals two. And that's what we're comfortable with. So when we're, exp- when we're exposed to something that we're not familiar with, um, it's easy to, di- to dismiss it. So I think that's um, that's part of why there's a lot of skepticism, and I think it's cultural too. And I'm going to you know take a step out there and say, part of the culture, you know, there has if we go back in time, one of the reasons why I get groups of people or people who were trying to control the masses would say the only way you can reach, you know say God or something beyond us is to go through this particular religious institution is because that gives that now they have people coming to them to get their divine messages as opposed to those people being able to get them directly, then there's no control, right? So I think that's, and and that's a very, you know, broad brush. So it's not that I don't believe in any religion. It's just that that's, that's, you know, the, the worst case scenario where, um, some man has, what a man has done to, to try to, to put rules in place to control masses. But I, you know, I think people need to experience it when they do, you know, when they experience it, go, gosh, and that's what happened to me. I experienced certain things that were like, I can't explain that. That was so profound. How did I know that? Well, you mentioned, yeah, yeah, you mentioned culture, and I think even more than religion, there's there's so much at play with culture, you know, looking at indigenous cultures who are taught to listen to the wind and, and listen to the trees and listen to the earth and listen to the animals and be connected and tuned in for that guidance. And then we have our Western culture who's 
teaching the kids to sit in a desk and memorize data and facts mm-hmm. and you know so really there is a cultural piece at play and you know a lot of the people that are in my life that are skeptics um they, you know they look at my intuition and it's just an everyday kind of um me being me kind of thing and they they don't think it's that weird but they i watch their intuition and they're like oh, i'm not intuitive or i you know i don't have that schedule but after the break we're going to take a break here and, and after the break you talk about different kinds of intuition we all know there's um you know there's seers there's hearers there's knowers there's there's all kinds of different ways we take it in and then i really want to talk about your five simple steps in your toolbox of how you're teaching people these skills because it's really important to you know not only just say yeah they're skeptics but let's show them how they can begin this journey just in simple small ways of paying attention and and practicing so you're listening to the dr julie show all things connected i'm here with lisa k author of intuition on demand after the break let's tune into your intuition we'll be right back You're listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadapted.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. 
Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I also want to invite you to check out a beautiful opportunity sponsored by Good of the Whole. It's called Love Lives Here, 40 Days of Reconnection, where we're focusing on our connection with ourselves, each other, the earth, and the sacred within all life. You can find out so much more about that at lovelivesheretoday. I'm here today with author Lisa Kay talking about intuition on demand. And Lisa, how can our listeners find you? I think you have a website and it's initials, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is. It's my initials. It's a very old website. <laughs> so, um, but it's my initials, lmk88.com. All right. So uh, kind of sing-songy, lmk88.com. Yeah, kind of lmk88.com. All righty. Right before the break, we were talking about developing intuition and giving our listeners a little taste of this. And so, um, you know, we do have skeptics out there. We do have a lot of misconceptions about intuition, but this is a skill that's innate that we can all develop. And I'm curious, how did you teach yourself how to be intuitive, so intuitive that you're sold out for readings. And then what are those, what are those five simple steps? I'm sure. Um, well, it's like I studied everything, you know, it's just, uh, put all the pieces together. And one of the things I found, um, I learned a lot studying metaphysics and studying with people who were teaching, um, how to develop your intuition, which is really psychic development. And, so I would study with many, many d- different teachers, reading all the books and um, whatever I can get my hands on. And I, it's, one of the frustrating things about it is that they s- would have some good stuff in there and then some stuff that was very nebulous and sort of, um, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? It was just, it was hard to follow and I didn't understand. It was intangible. It was so intense. And I didn't get what, when they said, go into your heart and get your message. I didn't know what that meant. I'm sitting here. How do I go in my heart? What do I do? Do it. You know, my heart is an organ. It's beating in my chest. It pumps my blood around my body. So that I didn't understand. Or they would say, okay, now you sit quietly, 
uh, be open and connect to spirit. And I didn't know how to do that. And then you get your message and you're done. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what that meant either. I I don't know how to connect to spirit. What does that mean? (laughs) Um, So I started to find out and, and, you know, some teachers had some, some, um, clues that that helped me but I started to realize oh this is what they're doing and I would watch people who were really really good at get, getting really amazing information and um so and I would go out and I would even go watch people who were you know uh, uh phenomenal psychic psychics and um and I realized oh this is what they're doing and, and I put all the pieces together. So, uh, and you know, that's a nice segue into, I know you want to get into the, um, intuition on demand technique, the five steps. And so this is probably a good time to talk about that. Um, so, so what happens is there are two things you, people always ask me, so how do I develop, develop my intuition? What are the first things I need to do? And there are two first step components that are really important. The first thing is you need to know how intuition comes to you. How how does it happen inside you? How does it happen? And uh, and most of it, if not all of it, that you receive is inside you. It's in your mind. It's in your mind's eye. It's your mind's ear. Uh, it's that you know they call it the little voice. Um, but what is it like? What is it when I experience it? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And those are what I call intuition characteristics. And you need to know what those are. So when it happens, you you recognize it when it comes up, when it pops up at you. So we talked a little bit about them earlier and uh, intuition, the way it comes to you is it comes in um, fragments, in pieces, in symbols. Remember we talked about the right side of the brain speaks in symbols. Um, It comes in, so it could be a piece of an image in, in your mind's eye. It could be a word. Not a lot of words because the right side of the brain doesn't have lots of words. That's the left side of the brain. And intuition doesn't, it's not chatty. It doesn't talk. It doesn't like do this narrative. Um, abstract concept, big picture meaning is how it comes to you. And uh, a feeling. And the feel, and all of these are very subtle, very, and they flash at you like a pop-up. It's very quick. And when you notice them, you notice the pieces and you put them all together, they start to have meaning. So. Let's talk now. The next thing you need to understand is the technique. And the technique has, uh, as you said, five steps to it, A, B, C, D, P. That's the acronym to remember it. So it's A, ask, B, be open, C, collect, and D, do it again. And then P is practice. So what do I mean by that? A, now this actually answers a lot of questions people have. have. How do I make my intuition happen? Simple. A, you ask it a question. Now you're asking inside of you, inside your mind. You ask a question, and you don't. You can talk outside, but you don't have to. Uh, and it, that will trigger your intuitive mind to respond. Now the problem is your thinking mind responds at the same time, but you, but your intuitive mind will respond, and it will respond in those characteristic pieces of information that I've told you. And then, so you might get a piece. So the first piece you might get, you might get a flash, uh, say in your mind's eye, uh, you might see a red rose or you might hear a word rose, right? Pops. Okay. That's one piece. Um, and so, so the next step is, um, so you ask a question. Next one is to be open. And that, that is so that you can, you know, you have to be relaxed, open and not second guessing, not judging, not, um, anticipating an answer just be be blank uh 
And then the third piece is collect. So you're going to collect the piece that comes. And I, I just gave it to you, the red rose, right? Then D, do it again. You're going to do A, B, C again. So D is to do it again. So now what are you going to ask next? Well, hey, the best thing to do is ask, why are you giving me this rose? See a red rose. Why, why are you giving me the rose? You're open, C, and then you're going to receive. So the next thing you might get is two, two rings. See, two gold rings. Okay, so you're going to do it again. Why am I getting, why are you showing me red rose, two rings, what is that, what's the meaning there? And then maybe you hear the word um, champagne, or you hear the pop of a champagne bottle, or you have an understanding, oh, champagne. And so now you got three pieces, red rose, two, two gold rings, and a champagne. So, Julie, I'm going to ask you, what do you think that means? I think someone's getting married. Ah, yeah, exactly. It has meaning. That's how <laughs> they do it. They get, that's, they get the pieces. And then when you collect enough pieces, it starts to have meaning for you. It ha it, it's, it's like it tells you a story. And that's how it's done. <laughs> and, um, and then you have to practice. And, and that's really important. Um, just like any skill, you know, you, if, you, if somebody teaches you how to ski and they show you how to hold the poles and how to get into your skis and, you know, maybe do the, do the pizza down the hill so you can, you know, stop, um, you're not quite ready to go on the, you know, the black diamond. You, you have to practice a little bit. So um, you got to practice this. And practice, and so that's practice, it. practice. That's it. Yeah. And so, so there's lots of different ways that information can come in. Some people are really strong with one pattern. Some people have many, like, like they could be a seer and a hearer, clairaudient and clairvoyant, or they might just be one. Um, can you explain the different, how that works with different people? Sure. Well, first of all, the reason why people believe that they're, say, just clairvoyant, or they only have one or two, is that happens to be their strongest sense, physical sense, that they're used to using. So, um, and, and therefore, they're more sensitive in terms of using that sense. So people who are clairvoyant, um, they tend to be artists. They tend to be people who are very visual. And there, and so therefore, they can pick up the subtleties of the the images that pop in their heads. Um, I am an amateur musician, so I I have my hearing is really good. So I initially would get my intuitive messages through hearing words. Um, you know, people who are say intellectuals, you know, or like to learn, um, who, who like to use their minds, uh, tend to be claircognizant. They get abstract ideas that pop at them. Um, and th that's, that's intuitive. So, so, and so, and that's how I started was, you know, clairaudient and claircognizant. Um, but, and I, I talk about this in the book and I've actually trained people, uh, to prove this and, and, and even within myself is that I believe you can develop all of those clear audience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairsentience, you, you name them, all of them because, uh, you know, we're not just as humans, we're not just seeing people, right? It's like, oh, that's a hearing person over there. And that one's a seeing person over there. We're not, we have all five senses. We use them all and you can train to get 
information intuitively with all of your clairs. And I have been able to do that. I never thought I was clairvoyant, but I was a, I've been able to develop it. And, um, and I believe everybody can. Did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And another question that goes along with that is that most often in our day-to-day, like, what should I do about this job offer? Or um, what's going on in my relationship? Or which direction should I go tomorrow? Or how do I get to the, like, you talk about asking, just like you would ask, where's the restroom, to listen to that. So, most often we're getting these little pop-up messages. We're getting small pieces that we're putting together in this ABCDP um, process here. We're, we're getting little pieces. Sometimes things just drop in our lap in a complete package. Can you explain the difference of that? Um, yeah, actually, I think you had a couple points in there. Um, you know, the first thing was that... Uh, you know, people using their intuition on big questions, you know, big life questions. And so I just want to make a note. So, to, to, and I tell this to everybody is you don't want to learn how to ski by just, you know, figuring out how to get down the bunny slope and then go, okay, I'm ready to do the black diamond. You have to practice. So, um, otherwise you're, you know, you get to run into trouble and it's the same thing with intuition is if you read the, and you know, the technique, don't go right out there and go, okay, now I'm going to go and try to find my, you know, um, solve my romance problem or figure out what job I should get. So practice first on little things. Now, uh, your question about, you know, the little things that we get, um, versus the big things. Um, I think that, I think it's dynamic. I think, you know, and when I was quote undeveloped, I had gotten, um, some profound information. I had, I think only twice in my life where I got some really, uh, you know, in your face, blow your mind information. As you said, you know, it's got a lot of information. Um, but I was, I was dreaming, I was asleep. (laughs) And, and I think the reason why it all came in, I got lots of information. I'll, I'll quickly tell you the story. So, um, because I know you're curious now, <laughs> is, uh, is I had, um, I'll try to make this short. I, uh, I was dreaming about a, a friend of mine who, um, and he, I saw him in my dream. He was, we were standing in a stairwell and um, he was very distraught and very upset. And I was trying to calm, I was trying to get him in my mind to, to be calm. Um, but I, you know, there were no words. I couldn't hear anything. I just saw things. And it turned out at that very moment, what was happening was that he was, had his girlfriend had just left and I was asleep. I didn't know this because I was sleeping and he had, his girlfriend just broke up with him and, um, and he was very distraught and he was, um, threatening all kinds of things. And it was kind of a scary situation. And, um, so long story short, um, he was gotten some help. Um, but I was able to, um, talk to his girlfriend later and she told me what was going on. And I, and, and she, I said, Oh, um, gosh, I was having a dream about him. That's weird. And, I said, so when you were talking to him and he was really upset, were you standing in a stairwell? And she said, yes. 
And I said, was the stairwell like dark gray? <laughs> and she said, yes. And I said, was he standing like a couple steps above you? Uh, when, you know, he was, and was he crying? And she said, oh my God, yes. How did you know that? I said, that was my dream. I dreamt that at the same time this was happening. So that was, that, that was like all this amazing information that dropped in my lap, just as you said. And I think the reason why it happened, why my intuition was able to give me all that information was a couple things. Number one, um, and they've proven this actually scientifically, um, that when we're connected to a situation or a person, um, you know, with that's highly emotional or we have strong feelings. Usually that's why the loved one thing always happens. Um, we're, we're somehow we're, you know, metaphysically connected. We're energetically more connected to getting that information intuitively. The other thing is I was sleeping. So that meant my left brain was asleep. And I, there was no judging, there was no second guessing, there wasn't any uh, ego involved, I was just dreaming. And when you're in that state of mind, and um, you're more able to hear and receive uh, intuitive information more easily, you become more conscious of it, more aware of it. So I think that's what happens. That's fascinating. You also talk in the book, I think this is a good place to just presence the the difference between our thinking mind and intuition. And you, you speak a lot that this, the, the thinking mind can argue and it's more associated with the I, the ego, and, and you can explain it way better than me. I think you do a really good job in the book. So yeah, can you explain the difference between our thinking mind and that voice versus this still small voice that comes oh, yeah. with intuition? Great, great question. Yes, we didn't go into too much detail there. Um, so here it is. So we're mostly conscious uh, uh, using our thinking mind, and that's the left side of your brain. And so what happens in the left side of your brain? What, what, how does it, what does it process? It processes, that's where you are able to judge, to think deductively, logically. It's the side of your brain that has words. So that's why people who have strokes in the left side of their brain can't speak. Because uh, that's the speech center is there. Um, so those those are all characters. It also is the part of your brain that has a sense of identity, of me, of um, self-importance uh, and ego. And so that's all the non-intuitive part of you. That's the non-intuitive side of your brain. And that's the, what I call the thinking mind. And if you think you're, if you're getting... Um, you know, there's information in you that you go, oh, gee, is that my intuition or am I making it up? That's one of the clues on how you can tell the difference is that if there is a lot of um, self-grandizement, uh, egotistical um, uh, information in what you're getting, you know, I'm the greatest whatever on earth or, you know, I, I'm better than so-and-so. If that's what you're hearing in your mind, that's not intuition. That's your thinking mind. So that's one of the ways you can tell the difference, and and that's how it works. Thank you. I have a really good example of this. I was in Costa Rica, and um, I was having this lovely lunch on the beach. We were watching the iguanas, and we had this really nice, light lunch, and we're sitting there, and we had kebabs. And I, like, I cleaned my plate, except for I had one mushroom left from the kebab. And I hear this voice, don't eat that mushroom. Mm -hmm. 
And it was clearly my intuition, but I'm sitting there with friends and, and having a good time and in a conversation. And I begin to argue with that voice in my head, Mm -hmm. which clearly was Mm -hmm. my thinking mind arguing with my intuition. And, um, yeah, hours passed. I got really, really, really sick because I didn't listen to that little voice. And it's, I, I bring that up because it's so simple wow. that it can guide us with some of the, the simplest things that we think we don't even think to listen to it, you know, a mm, food, right. don't eat this. Right. So, and, the, and it's a simple thing. And then it's like, you know, if you, it pops and if you practice, then you go, Oh, it's one of those pop-up things. You know, I've experienced that before. I know when it pops and it's short, you know, don't eat that. Yeah. Um, and it's not reprimanding you and it's not telling you, you know, oh, gosh, if you eat that, you're going to get sick and it's it's, it's it's poisonous to you or you're going to get really, really ill. It's just good. Don't eat that. Don't eat and that. And if you sure. know those characteristics, then you go and, and there's no reason why you could go. You just go, OK, won't eat it. Okay. Trust. Trust. (laughs) Right. And and there's, you don't lose anything over that either, right? (laughs) For not eating it. One mushroom left on the plate. Except it saves you. Later I go, oh God, you know, other people got sick on the mushrooms. Glad I didn't eat that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would love to give you an opportunity to talk about your intuition toolkit. You have 10 tools in the book and I I think it's Mm -hmm. um, brilliant. Can you share more about them? Sure. And I've obviously I don't have time to go through them all. Um, but, you know, you know, people can get the book and get the others. But um, the, the reason why we use tools is it helps get you out of your thinking mind, your ego mind. And I'll give you an example for that. Um, and, and tools are what what is termed as actually divination tools. But there's, you know, it's interesting. I was like, Ooh, what are these things? You know, why do we use them? You know, people are using um you know, angel cards, oracle cards, or they're reading tea leaves or, you know, cracks in turtle shells. It's like, why? What's that? You know, how does that work? You know, and uh, and I used to think it's the same thing with astrology, you know, reading the stars. And I used to think that was a bunch of hooey. But then I realized, well, that was kind of stupid because everything's connected. So um, what tools will do is they help get you out of your thinking mind. And uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I was reading for a person uh, for the very first time in, in the public space. And it was a gentleman uh, who sat in front of me and he was very buff um, and looking, you know, muscular with his tight T-shirt. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but he was a skeptic. And um, so I started to read the uh the cards and you know i asked him so you know what would you you know do you have any questions he said nah i just want a general message which in in a way gets you a little even more nervous right so Uh so i i'm shuffling the cards and i flip over the first card and the card is cupid and it's got all these bubbly little pink hearts on it and i look at him who's you know mr macho then i'm like oh my god that doesn't fit Oh, I was like, all right. So I flip over the next card and I got this angel and she's holding a baby and there are these musical notes coming out of her with rainbows. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be horrible. How am I going to get anything from it? It doesn't fit him. But that's my thinking mind. That's my judging mind. So I went back and I knew, you know, using my own technique that you have to you get what you get. You don't get upset. The information there allow my intuition to tell me what's going on. So when you do that, um, your intuition guides you 
to pieces of information that you need to say or know. And um, so I, I got from my intuition from the Cupid, there's something about what he, he, that he loves. And, and, and I said, so I went back and I asked, you know, what is it that he loves? And I, and my eyes were drawn to the notes and then I realized, okay, so it's the notes. What, he loves the notes. He loves his music. And what is it about loving music? And I, my intuition told me is that it's not, it's not that he listens to love it. He creates it and he loves that. Okay. So what's the problem? Why am I getting this information? Intuition tell me. And what I received was that he doesn't do it anymore. So he loves to create music and he doesn't do it anymore and he needs to do it. So I told him, I said, all right, well, and I cringed. Well, what I'm getting for you is that you create music um, and you don't do it anymore. And they say you should do it. And I was waiting for him to go scoff at me, but he didn't. He said, he kind of looked surprised and he gasped. And, and I was like, does that make any sense? He says, well, yeah. So it turns out that during the day he's a TV producer and at night he, he would compose music and that, um, he stopped doing it because it would keep his wife up at night. And I said, well, they're telling me you should uh, do it. <laughs> so that was his message. So the tool got me out of my ego space. It got me out of my fear um, because I had to just go and, and use the technique to get whatever message was there. Does that, does that explain how tools work? Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you talk about a variety of them and yeah, I've got a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And different people are going to be attracted to different tools, obviously, um, what's resonating with them. So it's, it's a a good resource. The, The whole book is a good resource and it's really, um, just for the benefit of our listeners, it's really easy to read and it, it's just like, uh, you're going to get a PhD in intuition when you're done. It's so well-written, so easy to follow, and lots of practices and information here. It's just brilliant. So thank you, Lisa. So Lisa, in um, just a, we have a couple minutes left in the show. I'm wondering if there's anything you want to share with our listeners that you haven't been able to yet or you haven't. Um, you know, I think if people want to learn to develop their intuition, you know, certainly reading the book is, is a phenomenal place to start, but you do have to practice and you have to work through it and, uh, you know, it works through your practicing. And the best thing to do is to practice with, um, other people, uh, or, you know, find a, a mentor or find someone to help you go through that. And that's what I do with people as I help, uh, develop their intuition. And I've got ways that you could do that. If you go to my website and we've got a wonderful development circle group that that we um, work on it every week, and um, and you can sign up for that if you're interested. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. I just want to remind our listeners that's lmk88.com. Lisa, thank you. It was a joy to to have you here and to share your wisdom with all of us and your intuition. <laughs> oh well, thank you. I had a great time. It was wonderful. Wonderful questions. Wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. You bet. And I want to leave our listeners with one of your quotes. Lisa writes, there are infinite possibilities of wonderful and exciting things you can bring into your life being highly intuitive, from creating a happier and more fulfilled life to possibly even spiritual enlightenment awaits you when you develop your intuition skills. Remember, everyone can be highly intuitive. 
There is no exception to this because it's part of your biology and is a gift given to everyone. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.